and welcome to The Shelf Care Interview, an occasional conversation series in which Booklist talks with book people. This Shelf Care Interview is sponsored by Dreamscape Media. In this episode of The Shelf Care Interview, I am Heather Booth and I'm here talking with Andrea Beatty and narrator Bonnie Turpin. Andrea Beatty is the author of the best-selling Questionnaires series, among other children's titles. She lives just outside of Chicago. Bonnie Turpin is an experienced audiobook narrator and actress who's appeared in numerous television productions as well as films. An ensemble member of the Cornerstone Theater Company, she resides in Los Angeles where she founded the Sola Food Co-op. Andrea and Bonnie are here to talk about the newest addition to the Y Files, which is part of Ada Twist Scientists Questionnaires series. Andrea and Bonnie, thank you so much for meeting up to talk about the Y Files number four. Bug Bonanza. Andrea, can you start us off by telling us a little bit about Ada Twist Scientist, the Y-File series, Bug Bonanza, which Bonnie narrates, anything else you have to share? Sure. Uh, so the Y-File series is actually sort of a, it's a spinoff book from the Netflix series, Ada Twist Scientist, but I think of it more actually as sort of a bridging book between your traditional questionnaires books, which is Ada uh, Twist Scientist, Rose DeRivere Engineer, Architect, uh, and others, uh, and our chapter books that we have, and also project books. So it does include art and some plot connections to the TV show, but also harkens back to the style and the tone and just the, that feel of the traditional books. And What's fun about them is they're, they're um, written by me, but, but uh, Dr. Theanne Griffin is the one who's a neuroscientist, amazing, amazing writer. She's the big heart and brains of this series. So, but together we create this series that's nonfiction, but also uh, very conversational. So the idea is that Ada Twist is out thinking about things and ask questions. And then those questions are answered in nonfiction text uh, and lots of illustrations, lots of diagrams, and also some funny, silly um, sketches and jokes and such things. A lot of visual humor as well. Yeah. And the humor, I think, really does come through in the narration that Bonnie provides. You know, bugs are really fascinating to kids, especially little kids, because they're closer to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember, you know, being fascinated by the inchworms and the roly bugs and those type of things and worms, earthworms when I was a kid. But now I'm not so fascinated with bugs. I like pretty bugs like <laughs> butterflies and we grow milkweed in our backyard so that butterflies come and... So you have narrated, Bonnie, you've narrated in just about every genre. I think every audiobook listener is familiar with your voice and has listened to a title that you've done. And these are not, this is not the first Ada Twist title that you've done. You've done all others in this series. Yeah. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what's unique for you as a narrator about narrating nonfiction for kids. For kids, nonfiction sounds a lot like fiction. I think to me, because what I'm doing when I'm narrating for kids is trying to give it the, the energy and excitement and discovery of childhood, you know, trying to give it the like, it, it is a story. It's a true story. That's all. Yeah. It's not a, a fantastical. It's not the perilous pants 
But um <laughs> but it it's still it's still a story and, and I'm still trying to engage them in pretty much the same way. Only instead of using their imagination as much, I'm using the truth. Yes, yeah, things about the real world. Can I say that's one of the things I absolutely adored about listening to your recording of this of this book is that even when it's just a series of maybe very, you know, basic paragraphs that are conveying facts, it's very conversational. Your voice just sort of takes on this very relaxed but conversational tone. And, and I'm just like, I felt like you're just telling me a story. And I was okay, I want to hear more. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's true. And I and I think that with um, nonfiction for kids for for kids of this age, there's so much engaging on the page that you think will audio work as well. And I do think that for this one, it absolutely does. It absolutely engages, and it's it's so wonderful to have that either on its own or as a complement to the print. Um, yeah. So um, I wondered if we could talk a little bit about how the two of you see audio and print working together. Um, for a title like this. So it's not uh, just straight narration. There's some fun facts that pop up. There's a little poem. There are some experience, experiments and some activities at the end. I wondered how you guys see these working together. Well, for me, I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, when I first saw, when I got the first Data Twist book, the illustrations really touched my heart because I'm older than you think. And when I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of books that had people with brown skin mm -hmm. and, and nappy hair, you know. So I am in love with the illustrations. I, I, I actually want, even if a kid is listening to the audiobook, I really want them to see these beautiful illustrations and the characters that have been created uh, in the illustrations because they are are not to be missed really it's really it really is something extra and I don't know what made made the decision to make Ada twist a black girl but thank you thank you and it's not you know it's not politicized he's not black for a reason. It's not about blackness or discrimination or anything. She just is. I can tell you that happened because she is born from David's illustrations in the book Iggy Peck Architect. So she's oh. the kid who's standing off to one side tapping her chin. And I looked at her and thought, kid, what's your story? You're sitting there thinking. <laughs> and I thought, uh, you got questions. We've got to answer some questions for you. So that's why she's a scientist. Awesome. And then the books, the picture book for her, and then the subsequent chapter books came from that. It is so much fun. <laughs> I, I I love having the chance to live in David's mind as well. I, kind of how I think, like looking at the art, but but it does come through, and also the deep respect that he has, and and I try to live up to as well for everybody that that inhabits this world. That it's such a marvelous variety of people. That so so that that pleases me that 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 connected to you as well so yeah all i, all I had was the snowy day <laughs> growing up which was fantastic but you know sure a lot yeah of imagery reflecting me yeah 
I, I hope we're doing better now for kids these days. Yeah. I think we're getting there. We're working on it, right? Yeah. There's some amazing books of every kind now. It's, it's, I know, like, as a kid, I had Dr. Seuss, Go Dog Go, and that was it, because I'm way old. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, even in the 80s when I started writing, or 90s, 90s when I started writing, I was like, what has happened to picture books? It was just a massive explosion of art that I had never you know, even possibly imagined. And so it was a, really a new art form. And I think it just gets better all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, for our listeners, something that I think is fascinating is that this this conversation is the first time that Andrea and Bonnie have had a chance to talk with each other, which I think yeah. is really neat. Um, and so I think it's it's interesting, too, that the two of you have had similar experiences, not seeing diversity quite the in your childhood reading experiences as you as you have now um and i wondered um i wondered bonnie if you could talk a little bit about how you first encountered um andrea's work and um what what you know what your reaction was when you were first approached to to read some of these stories i think it was the case of the perilous pants <laughs> so much fun which was a really fun story and you know i saw the pictures and i was like oh my god they're making an audiobook out of this i feel badly that i'm doing it i want a child be able to see this beauty you know but it, it was a great fun story and it had some science in it you know she's a scientist mm-hmm. She learned about uh, what makes things go. She's she's so smart. Yeah. So inquisitive and, and you know, testing and, you know. Yeah, that's the crazy stuff. And she usually has to borrow some of her brother's stuff, which he hates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He hates it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the fun of doing the chapter books is, is that we can do a little science, but we never let it get too heavy. And there's just ridiculous silliness. I mean, all of those characters in town are silly people, like flying around with lean pants. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want some, but that's silly. Um, yeah. But also a little heart maybe tucked in there sort of when, I have to say that always like kind of surprises me at the end when it's like, oh, something sweet just happened. Because I'm not a super sweet person, but I'm like, oh, <laughs> bro. <laughs> it's so nice. And I, I think it's such a great way to talk about science with kids too, because science is about people. And science is about, um, you know, discovery, but also experimentation and failure. And science can bring people together and it can be silly and it can be heartwarming. So I, I think it's it's a great, these are a great avenue for exploring all of those those things that, that um, endear you as a young person to that process of experimentation in science. And, and I think it's, like Bonnie was saying, it's nice to see that reflected that it can be for anyone. So I wondered if you guys, just backing out from the um, bug bonanza just a bit, a little, um, if we could talk about what inspires you as you write and record uh, books for kids. I feel like early on in my acting career or in my, when I had decided to become an actress, I really wanted to be someone for people like me to to see you know what I mean like for the children like I I said 
when I was a child, I didn't have a lot of images of Black people in books or on television. And there was a there's a part of me that wanted in my acting t- career to stand for um, little Black girls like me. And so when I'm narrating for children, it's not just Black children, but I'm bringing a point of view into into the arena that has been silenced in the past or overlooked or ignored. And so my image and my voice stand to represent for um for others that you know we're here. We're here, we're all different. And we do, we even do science. We even like bugs. We even bake. We even have big brothers who are more conservative and straight-laced than us and don't understand that we have to find out and we might have to use his tennis racket. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm the youngest youngest child, too, so that resonated. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Stop using my stuff. But... (laughs) Yeah, so um, that was like I said. <laughs> yeah. So I'm inspired by the opportunity to be inspiring. I'm inspired by um by the fact that we are more often now telling the truth to children. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And and, and that hits exactly on what inspires me in, in all of these books. And it begins with, and I write the picture books for the various kids in the class that David created. So Iggy Peck came first and he created this amazing class of kids. And one by one, we're sort of I'm looking at them, asking questions, who are they? But really, when I'm writing these books, I'm asking myself questions and, and typically exploring something like truth or curiosity, passion, perseverance some core aspect of something that I need to figure out for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, but they're universal things so that, you know, if I'm trying to figure it out, for sure, a seven-year-old's trying to figure it out, uh, probably more honestly, more straightforwardly and in a more silly way. And so that's kind of the genesis of all of these books. And then they are, you know, um, wrapped in the veneer of science or engineering or or architecture for Iggy Pack or illustration for for Aaron Slater. Um, but at the, at the heart of it, just kind of asking questions. And also, um, coming back to David Roberts, he always is in my mind and that thinking, what can I create or do or, or be that's silly or fun or very heartfelt and just to toss it and see where it leads. And so uh, it's just kind of this circle that keeps keeps going with him. But yeah, there's just, you know, all those basic questions of life. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. It's all cheap. of life's little questions. <laughs> exactly. Love. Yeah. Well, what a wonderful connection between that it sounds like there is between the illustration, the words, the narration. I love that all three of you seem to be, you know, even though it doesn't sound like there has been a lot of connection between the three of you um, up until this point that there's inspiration and there's connection that you're finding in the work um, between the illustration, the, the words and the narration. I think that's just wonderful. It's very fun. I think the books also teach acceptance. 
Yes. Mm. Two children. I mean, you've got children of different races. Uh, you've got a child who has two dads, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two moms. So, um, yeah, we're teaching kids that all, all kinds of people mm-hmm. are in the world, and, and that's what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly right. And, and the other thing is acceptance of themselves. Yeah. So in each book, you know, like like Aina gets really frustrated when her experiments don't work, or she just feels like she can't quite get it. But she got this loving family that supports her, yeah. but she also has to kind of learn to accept their advice and accept, you know, her friends mm-hmm. and and find her own strength in herself. And that's yeah. true of all the the characters, you know, the self doubt, but also coming to to understand themselves and just the process of failing and then picking yourself up and dusting mm-hmm. yourself up, getting right back at it. Um, so that's a big, that's a big thing. But, but yeah, it is all, I think, born from just these people, these kids respecting each other and, and looking at each other going, oh yeah, we're all, we're all good. Let's go have an adventure. Well, I want to end since this we're, we're, you know, book list is part of the American Library Association. I, oh, we always <laughs> like to bring it back to libraries. <laughs> um, I wondered if either of you want to share how libraries played a role in your life when you were a young person, in your reading life, your writing life, or just as a part of your community. I told you I was the youngest kid. I have three siblings who are 8, 10, and 13 years older. So I had a lot of people read to me, and I learned to read very, very early in life. I started reading at like two and a half. So I loved books, and I loved the library. And, oh, God, I miss, I miss being in, like, elementary and middle school, and there would be a library at school, and the librarian would know you and know what you wanted and be like, oh, you might like this. I miss, I mean, Audible tries, you know, but... I miss having a librarian who knows you and will put a book in your hand that you would just like, oh, you know, love. I love that. But I don't have it. I don't have that kind of relationship with my local librarian. And now, you know, I listen to audiobooks all the time. So yeah. I I was in the library yesterday and um I I I miss actual books, but I never have time to read them anymore. I'm always reading on an iPad. But I miss the artwork and the, the feel, all that. Yeah. So, ooh, libraries are fantastic. I used to walk like, I don't know, a mile and a half or something as a kid to the library, and it was like an adventure for me to walk to the to local library in Pontiac, Michigan, yeah. <laughs> on Pike Street. I don't know if it's even still there, but um, yeah, libraries are wonderful. And a great librarian is a jewel. Yeah. Well, I assure you, every librarian out there listening to this right now, Bonnie, is saying, I'll be your librarian. Come on <laughs> me. I will find you exactly the right book for you. I'll put it in your hand. <laughs> so, Andrea, how about you? Would you like well, I was raised in, I'm one of six kids in a town of 300 people out in the country. So we had to take a car ride to get to the, the library. And it was uh the greatest adventure. I mean, my dream was that my mom would forget me at the library. I mean, <laughs> honestly, how hard would it be to forget one of them? And she never did. And I'm, uh, 
And I had it planned, all of the adventures I was going to have all weekend long. Just I was going to like hang out and read this book and that book and that book. And I was going to get cozy in the librarian's sweater. And I was going to go back and eat the food from their librarian's lunches. I just knew they had amazing food. I, I had it, I envisioned all of the foods, things that I had never heard said, but had read in books, like Foy's grass and uh, <laughs> Pate. Pate was going to be the best foods and oh my goodness. So it was just the greatest adventure to go and to have exactly that thing happen that Bonnie said. And I would go to the library and the librarian would recognize you and go, ah, I have a new mystery for you. <gasps> Yeah, you know, as the middle kid of big family in Middle America, like no one ever saw me. I was just like, oh yeah, she's another one of those squad of children. So to have someone actually pick me out of that crowd and go, I have a book for you, um, that was amazing. And it says everything. Yeah, you're the greatest. They are the keep. I, I say this about librarians: you're the keepers of the keys for everything. So we we cannot say enough marvelous things about you. And keep up the great work because we need you more than ever. Well, the librarians <laughs> out there love you too. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you both thank so you. much for these lovely stories um, and for, for this wonderful conversation today. It's it's just such a it's such a great fun series and it's so wonderful to have such a variety of format <laughs> to explore this, this from picture books to chapter books to nonfiction and audio as well, which they all they all work together. Yeah, I. It's been so much fun, and but I, one of the true joys for me is just really seeing like the longer the series goes, and the more formats comes into the people who come in, like Bonnie and and other books with the illustrators and you know photographers who just it just keeps growing and it's getting more and more delightful. Yeah, yeah. more people tell us coming in. Really, is. thank you for that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. This shelf care interview was sponsored by Dreamscape Media, publisher of Ada Twist Scientist, the Y Files series, and its newest entry, The Questionnaires Number Four, Bug Bonanza, now available everywhere. Find all kinds of downloadables and lots more about the series at questionnaires.com. This has been Heather Booth for Whooplist. Happy listening. Mm-hmm.